Welcome, folks. Chris White, managing partner of the White Law Office. We're excited to be providing the second session of our new content of hearing from these gentlemen uh, alongside of me here on the screen. First person that you're going to be hearing from uh, and oftentimes from today is Dan Olabi. Dan's a speaker, author, coach, pastor, owner of Olabi Leadership and director of Branches Worldwide. You may be, depending on when you're watching this, able to go out right now and pick up Dan's book on authentic leadership that this just came out. And so we're all looking forward to getting our hands on that. Next guy, Jordan Mullet. Jordan is an owner at the Ruby Group with Sandler Training. He's an owner at the Berlin Escape Room, and he is a coach. He is also a pit bull when it comes to our discussions, as we found out last time. So we're looking forward to hearing more from Jordan this time around. The last guy you're going to hear from is Ken Hostetler. Ken is a partner at White Law Office. He's been with us for seven years. Before he went to uh, joined us and went to law school, he was the owner, uh, co-owner of Trademark Exteriors. Grew up here in Holmes County, well uh, embedded in, into the uh, community where we are. All right, guys, here is our scenario this week. Business, JNS Associates Consulting. It's owned by Jane Smith. She's been in business for three years. Uh, the type of business she has is business consulting, and she has about four employees, employees with her. Now, let me give you a little bit more background. Jane is... Uh, suffering from right now the fact that her business is dependent upon other small businesses being successful consultants can't plug in to a business that doesn't have the cash flow to bring them in and as we all know right now in this scenario jane's clients are struggling with cash flow because of shutdown because of employee layoffs because of manufacturing canceling whatever it may be that her clients can no longer do she is now suffering the ripply effects of that and the fact that she can no longer plug in as effectively or as much as she was before and her consulting business is struggling now on a personal level jane's family she has kids she's married and her family is built around the dual income of both her individual business that she owns and her husband's income as well so this loss of income is creating a very personal stress level as well as a professional one Add on top of that, Jane is carrying the stress of her employees and that she knows that some of these people are in, intimately relying upon her paycheck, the paycheck she gives them to make do. This is a lot of stress. This is a young business. She was just hoping that she was kind of cresting that hill, getting ready to move from building into success with this business. And she feels like she's just been I had to use a phrase from our last session, punched in the face. Very first thing I need from you guys. What's the first thing Jane needs to be doing? Well, well it, it, to be honest, here, Chris, it really feels like you're describing, it really feels like you're describing my world because I kind of live in this on a daily basis and you know, it, very similar to a consulting firm. And the top thing that needs to happen is she's going to have to pick up the phone and call her clients, um, either get a face-to-face -face or she's going to have to do Zoom, uh, whatever it is, and start talking through, you know, exactly where they're at with cash flow. What does that mean for her? And then make some decisions about how she's going to support that. Um, one of the beliefs that me and my partners have is that when somebody's struggling to be able to afford us, we're still going to be able to, we're going to continue to serve them because they need us more now than ever. And that existing client base that she has worked so hard to, to, 
to get into her business, into her book of business, she has to work on keeping that first and, and building that relationship. Are, are you saying that, sh that uh, she should work for free, Jordan? Absolutely. Um, this is so <laughs> those those clients need her more now than ever. Now, I'm not saying that do that ever for free. Every single client that I talk to that's struggling with cash flow, what we did is we said, OK, where are you at? You know, what can you afford? Um, and some people it was next to nothing. And we said, OK, let's let's pause on the payment. We're going to keep serving. The only reason I'm going to do that is because I believe in you as a company. Um, I want to be able to be there to help. I'm investing in you with the full expectation that we're going to continue to talk about this every month and we're going to figure out how do we get back to 100% because I'd like to be able to get paid again. I've got people that are depending on me um, and, and I want to work through that. And you know, for every business, it's different. When I had those conversations with my clients, there are some that um, in the beginning said, well, we don't know. And then later they came back and paid me for the months that I work. And I've got other ones that um, we skipped a month or two. And now we're figuring out and we're maybe at 30 or 40 percent of pay. And we're going to figure out how to get back to 100 percent. Is any of that contingent upon the results that you're getting for them? Uh, I haven't done that, but that's always a possibility too, where you can kind of get part of the back end. Um, that's always an option. It's not fun. This is one of the hardest things I've ever done. But again, like we talked about last time, me and my partners made that decision about a year ago of how we were going to behave. So when we came into the, sh the shutdown, um, you know, and I have some clients that were completely affected, they had to lay off their salespeople Im immediately. Um, it was an easy decision for us because we'd already made the decision. Yeah, I think I think on the one side, I think what, what Jordan's saying is 100% true. I mean, you want to lean into the relationships that you have and you want to make sure that those are solid. Even if people aren't paying you, you want to make sure that you can add value to them. And I love what you're saying, Jordan, about demonstrating that you believe in their future and saying, hey, I'm going to invest in you now with my time and do everything I can to help you get back on your feet. People, when you do that in a moment of crisis, people never forget that. You solidify relationships in that way. So that's huge. I love that. But look, Ultimately, what you really want to do is you want to figure out how, how to add value to people beyond just your typical client base. And so this is a perfect opportunity to start shifting into digital solutions. Find a way to add value to maybe one or two people, put that on video, and then send that out to as many clients as you possibly can or people who are potential clients. Because here's the thing. You're not the only consulting business around. And there's other people who are tanking right now and making poor decisions. You have a chance to grab their business, too, because you're doing a really good job of multiplying your effect. And so you take your four, four employees that you have and you put those guys to work for as long as you possibly can, creating content that really gets people's attention. And hopefully you'll get some new clients that come in at a lower price point, but you have a much wider reach and that'll make a huge difference down the line. Yeah. And Dan, even adding on to that is if I'm going to bring somebody in at a different price point, I'm still going to have the conversation with them, which is, hey, here's my regular price. I charge this. This is what it's worth. We're going to figure out where you need to be and when you need to be there. Always working back to getting towards 100%. Right. Right. That's good. What do you guys do when you deal with this question then as she's hearing and uh, Jane's getting this feedback from people saying, you're leveraging the future of your firm for the moment. You're risking your future uh, personally and your family's future by over-investing now and not getting paid for it now. 
you by whether borrowing now or investing now or paying out to people now when you don't have the cash flow, you are putting the future of your family at risk for these people. If I have a friend of mine who said that, I would say you're not my friend anymore. Like that's a terrible <laughs> statement. Like you need to invest in your future. You need to believe in your company and believe in your people. And so you're not you're not putting your family at risk. You're investing. You're believing in them. You're saying, hey, look, we can our, our organization, our our clients, they're valuable enough that we'll take the time to do what we can to help them now. And so you're not saying I'm going to be conservative. You're saying like now is the time to invest in people and to do what I can to grow our business by helping as many people as possible. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We'll restart again. But my family's not going to starve if I make sure that I'm keeping my wheels turning. So if this idea doesn't work right now and I may be overinvested in this moment, fine. But I'm not going to sit back and be conservative in a moment when I can really help as many people as possible. If somebody said that to me, I tell you what, man, I would be like, you're not my friend anymore. Like, get out. We don't think the same. We're not friends. For you to say that in a horrible moment like this, man, get out of here. You know, I think that's one of the hardest things. Go ahead, Ken. I've talked enough. Go for it. No, no. I was just going to tell Dan, his wife and kids are welcome to come to our place for dinner. So it's all good. <laughs> You know, this, I think this is what's so key here is that we, a lot of times, everybody blue skies everything and they're always trying to figure out, well, you know, if this, this, and this happens, you know, we're going to live life in the, in the luxury lane and we've got everything set out. And what we don't think about is every time that you open a business, every time that you go into business, you're putting things on the line and you're risking. So if you haven't figured out what you're going to do, if everything falls apart, and that you're okay with that, you're always going to be acting out of fear and you're always going to be afraid to put it back on the line. And, and I was just, um, I was in contact with a guy yesterday that works for, well, he, he said, look him up. Um, he's one of the top 100 billionaires in the US. So I looked him up and I was just thinking about, uh, it was showing his net worth and it went from 13 billion down to 6 billion over the last year. You know, the truth is whether I have $1,000 invested in a business or I have 100,000 or I have 100 million, the truth is I'm still putting that on the line. I'm risking what I have in the business and I have to be okay with that no matter what size my net worth is. Anyway, I, I think this one fires us up a little bit. Well, tell me this then, her own head trash guys, and she's going through a tremendous amount of stress right now because there's a lot of uncertainty. Her head trash says I failed. What's your answer to that? You know, honestly, Chris, um, I think most most leaders, most business leaders deal with that. Uh, that's that's a that's a daily struggle. So to think that you can get by in a crisis like this without regularly thinking to yourself, gosh, I'm a failure. I should have seen this coming. Then you're just dreaming because ultimately that's just a regular voice in your head. What you need to do is you need to develop coping mechanisms to fight that. And that means surrounding yourself with people who can be encouraging, not like that idiot friend that you mentioned a, a few minutes ago. <laughs> you need to surround yourself with people who are going to encourage you. And then ultimately, I think you need to be the sort of person that says, look, you know, um, if I fail, that's fine because failure is going to fuel my success in the future. I mean, you need to be the type of person that gets perspective out of this. So if you need to watch a biography about FDR or about Lincoln or about somebody who's gone through some serious trouble and lived to tell the tale and then became successful because of it, then you need to do that. But believing that failure is somehow final and that's the end of the day, she's got to get that out of her head. Yeah. And I could, I could even jump in there. The truth is the, one of the reasons that I've been at peace through this time and I've been comfortable to go make the moves I've did because two years ago in June, um, three of my largest accounts went away overnight 
and one I didn't know was coming, one it was me choosing it, and the other one I knew it was going to happen. But it was more than a third of my income in, in one month, and it was a huge shift for me. It was in those times, and I got to tell you, I went through a lot of fear. There's a lot of nights that I was laying in bed trying to figure out how I'm going to make things work out because I didn't know what was going to happen. And I ran from conversations I knew I should have. I made some decisions in that time, some of the best decisions I've ever made. Those decisions are what are helping me to lead today. So you need to decide as a business owner, you know, what decisions are you going to make? Where do you want, what do you want the story to be? What are you going to believe in this time? And I can tell you, if you're a Christian, um, Deuteronomy 28 is one of the things that I came back to over and over again. And it says that in Deuteronomy 28, that if you're careful to follow the, the law, that you will be blessed and not cursed, that your enemies will come before you one way and flee before you seven. And that's something that I have stood on and I stand on over and over again, and not because of me, because of what Jesus has done for me. Um, and I don't want to go off on a preaching tangent, but that's you have to decide what you're going to believe, right? Hey, what is your story it. going to be? Your way. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Well, guys, what what is the one thing when you look at Jane, and Jane's sitting across the table from you right now uh, in, a, in a coffee shop that's freshly reopened? And she's, she's looking at you, Ken, and she's looking at you, Jordan, she's looking at you, Dan, and she's going, I, I'm just locked up. I'm frozen. I don't know what to do. The stress, the anxiety, the uncertainty, it's coming in from so many different angles. It's hitting me from so many different ways. What should I do is her question to you. Well, I can, I can jump on this again is that you know, the first thing that's going to happen is we do need friends. You know, we need somebody that's going to empathize with us at that moment, that's going to care, to know how difficult it is. And so many times when somebody's in a state like that, it, the, well, look at the um, false evidence appearing real, right? Fear, it's overwhelming. We've really blown things out of proportion is we need to start getting some things down on paper and saying, well, what do we need to address? What needs to be priority? What needs to be happening here? And that's probably the next thing that I would walk her through is just let's start talking about what do we need to address? What can we do? Yeah, I think in a moment like that, being empathetic is, is critical. Being able to support her and show that you care about her emotions in the moment is big. But I think ultimately what she needs is something concrete to do next. And so for me, what I would do is I would say, look, we need to start trying things. Like before we're done with this meeting, we're going to have one thing that you're going to do today. We're going to prioritize all the things that need to be done, just like Jordan said. And then we're going to pick one and you're going to call me tomorrow and tell me that you did it. You need to have a win because ultimately in a season like this, you have a series of losses and it feels like it just keeps coming. You need to have at least one thing that you can point to and say, I did that to stem the tide of losses. I had one win yesterday. That kind of thing sort of starts to build confidence over time. So for me, you know, ultimately, it's giving her that sense of confidence by giving her a sense of control over her destiny and saying, I can do one thing today to help my business grow tomorrow. Even if there's a lot of things happening right now and I can't get out of the funk in my mind, I'm going to do one thing to make myself a better person and make my organization better for my clients. It's a good word, Dan. Absolutely. Ken, what do you say? Yeah, so I've been I've been sitting here, uh, and I really want to push back uh, against these two and what they're saying. And you know, obviously the big rah rah, like, hey, you know what? Just pull it together. We're going to get through this. Um, 
you know, there are situations in life where people really need to reevaluate and say, am I the right fit for uh, where I'm at? Am I enjoying what I'm doing? Uh, does it still make sense for me to say, you know what? I've been struggling with this and I'm going to just keep fighting through it. And so you guys know me, I can naturally be more negative and, and I can have a different perspective on, on not always seeing things be rosy. And so for me, I look at it, I've come across many of people who have really gone through an incredible amount of failure and to just say to them, you know what, just pull it together, come back again, pull it together, come back again. And, and I get it. There's some truth to that. Uh, but it may also be a season to reevaluate and say, is this, am I really cut out for this? Is this what I want to do as a business owner? And if yes, then absolutely, we've got to, we've got to have that mindset of we are not going to fail. Uh, but it may, it may also be a season of bigger change in your personal life. So what you're saying there, Ken, is don't give them empathy. Um, don't help them on that end. That's not what you're, you wouldn't offer that at all. Absolutely, I would offer them empathy, but I, but I would also say, look, we recognize if if this is if this is no longer the same dream that you had when you started. Well, I, I think Ken, Ken, I think you're right. I mean, I think sometimes it's important to get out of the game. You know, if you're not winning and your heart isn't in it, then don't keep fighting, right? But I think there's also a sense of personal pride. And not about you guys, but I've been through quite a few failures. And being able to look at failure in the eye and then say, hey, look, like this, this is something I'm responsible for, but I'm not going to quit while I'm down. I'm going to quit when I'm up. So even though I'm not enjoying this right now, I'm going to work for the sake of my employees, for the sake of the people around me, for my family, until I've pulled this failure into a success, and then I'm going to quit. But I'm not going to quit and have the story be that I got knocked in the mouth and then I gave up. I got knocked in the mouth and then I kept fighting and came back and then I quit because I was on top. Like, I'm not going to well, lie I, there and say that this is the story I'm going to tell. Not at all. I think you're, you're bringing up a good point there is that we do need to recognize the pivot. And the pivot is I was heading in this direction and something happened or something changed and I made a decision to go in a different direction. And there's nothing wrong with looking at that pivot and saying, you know, what are the things that are not working? I have one company that I'm that I'm working with that they looked at where the 80% of their income was coming and they started cutting out and using this as an opportunity to say, we're going to stop doing that because it's not profitable. And all the other areas that are profitable, we're going to focus on those areas. So that I, I think there's a, there is a pivot moment here that people need to look for. You know, what's in my hands? What do I have available? And what do I need to stop doing? What do I need to start doing? Jordan, I think you're totally right. I mean, that's a perspective you got to have. You've got to trim the fat. You've got to make sure you focus on the things that are productive. But I think Ken is saying something different. He's talking about getting out of the game altogether. But I think timing is so critical, especially for your self-confidence. If you're going to start something new, you can't quit while you're down because that's going to be the story you tell the rest of your life. You've got to wait until you're back on the top again. So how do we define what's on top? I mean, it, it's a turn. We, it's just a narrative we tell ourselves of, of how I took this thing that was failing and then I, I began doing this. So uh, you're right, Dan. It, we don't want to quit when we're at the bottom. Absolutely. I, I totally get that. Uh, at the same time, we have to recognize that we have to work within the limitations of what we have. Uh, and, I, and I think in some situations to just say, you know what, my mouth is bloody, it doesn't matter what I'm doing, it's not working, I've gotta try some new things. And whether we say that's starting over 
we're doing something different. Uh, it's definitely a change, a change in what you're doing on a daily basis. This is great stuff, guys. And as we wind down here, as we look at the end of this conversation, I do have one more question that's along this line. Failure creeps in, and that might be head trash that comes in this time, but this is a unique environment where there are external forces that we could not have planned for. And in Jane's case, that she could not have planned for. When, if ever, in your guys' minds, is it good to walk away when the external forces are crushing in and causing, because let's face it, Jane's clients may not get in a positive cash flow scenario for a year or two following this. This could have a long-term implication. When, if ever, in your guys' mind, is it good to just say, I'm reading the tea leaves, the market's not changing, I need to move on? I don't, I don't like the answer to this one, um, but I believe that there's some people that are not cut out to build a business or the way that they have built their business is not structured to be able to sustain. Um, and that's a harsh reality. And I think you have to have people around you that are able to, to, to speak the truth to you in love and be able to point things out. Um, I, I wish that I could just say, well, it's never the time, but the truth is, is that sometimes it is time to call it quits. Maybe you need to go join somebody else. Maybe you need to, um, there is some things that you need to switch gears. I, I think that comes back to a hard look at, do I have a plan for how this business is going to look? Is it sustainable? I am, am I heading in the right direction? Um, can I handle the downturns in business? Dan, what do you got to say? Yeah, I think I think it comes down to something very similar to what Jordan is saying. I think ultimately it comes down to desire. Like, do I want to do this? Because the answers are out there. The resources are out there. The partnerships are out there. But if you don't want to do it anymore and you're like, I just don't want to fight the fight. I don't enjoy the process. Then get out. You know, life is too short to be working your tail off on something that you just straight up don't enjoy. And so if this is an opportunity for you to say, I don't even want to fight the fight, then you need to, you know, come to terms with that and say, okay, it's time to get out. You know, I, in some ways I was a little bit in that place. It's not that, I mean, I was in a family business and I was so blessed to be part of that. I loved working with my brothers. I loved working with my family. But the truth is, is that the business that my dad built was not my, I didn't choose what business he got into. And so when I took a hard look at it, I said, I don't think this is where I want to be long term. That was a difficult decision for me. Um, and the only reason I was able to face that is because I had good counselors around me that were helping and me a family that loved me to be able to help me with that decision. Ken, what do you got to leave us on, man? Yeah, I totally agree with that of if you're not passionate about it, if it's not your fight anymore of what you guys are saying, I was in those same shoes uh, seven, eight years ago and, and I had to make that turn. And so uh, that's for me, that's the big takeaway. I think you guys are right. Don't be negative. Forget the head trash. But if it's time to make a change, uh, put your energies in a new direction. It's funny because all three of us are sitting here that have left former careers. And we've made a pivot or a change. You know, Dan, you left the church world. That was a big step for you. And at some point, you joined the church world. Right, right, and right, right. Ken, the same way. You made a huge profession change. 
Right. You know, and those are the situations where I think I'm glad you bring that up, Jordan. I think for each of us, we were able to identify the essence of what God created us to do and then figure out what we actually want to do in life. Because I think sometimes you do something generally and you're like, hey, this is fun. And then you get into it for, for a couple of years. And you're like, you know what? That's not exactly where my sweet spot is. Then you shift and you're like, OK, I think this is it. But then you narrow down even more. and You're like, no, 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 no. This is it. And you might make another pivot again but you're still sort of iterating the same person. You're not sort of recreating a whole new person. You're just saying like, hey, look, that was something that I enjoy doing, but I enjoyed this even more. And you have to be okay with that because it comes with a lot of change and in a small community it comes with a lot of gossip, but just being able to be okay with that and say, you know what, I'm just gonna be who I am, that's huge. Well guys, thank you so much for sharing from this. I, I, I realize this one did touch a little bit closer to home to a lot of us uh, as a scenario. Uh, especially with uh, many of the ways we serve. Folks out there, thank you for joining us in this second session with this new form of content that we're providing. Uh, know this, if you're Jane or you're in any other business type that you're struggling through these, these guys right here, they're amazing. They will help you uh, walk through this. They'll help ask some of those questions. And sometimes you might need a little bit of raw. Sometimes you might need somebody to sit down and say, you know what, you might be right. It might be time for a change. You hit up Dan, Jordan, or Ken anytime. They'll be able to help you out. Thanks for joining us. We really appreciate you spending time with us on this. Please let us know if you have questions. Let us know if you have a scenario you'd like us to talk about. And we'd be happy to put it up here and talk about with these guys. Guys, thanks so much. Appreciate it as always. Folks, stay safe. Stay well.